This non-typical nation podcast is brought to you by Old Smokes Coffee, crafted coffee for the courageous. And that, folks, is the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Sanford with Old Smokes Coffee. Remember, use promo code non-typical at oldsmokescoffee.com. This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your host, Brody Teal and Eric Liberty. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. What's going on, guys? So we're back with another podcast and um, we are actually, we've got some special guests today. You uh, might have heard them in uh, the intro to this podcast. We've got Tim with Old Smokes Coffee. Uh, last podcast we did with you, Tim, was at Bear Camp at two in the morning right after um, a hunt. Yes. And uh, today we are, we just ended a hunt today, but it is not two in the morning. I think it's around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. We just ate, uh, ate a late, uh, late dinner. We spent the day uh, getting some ducks and geese and had an absolute blast. And we've also got uh, my dad, Wayne Teal, with us today and uh, my bar- brother, Brayden. And uh, co-host Eric is here with us as well. So, um, yeah, we're just going to have, uh, you know, a quick, fun podcast today and uh, talk about our hunt and uh, and go from there. So it was an action-packed day. We uh, we got, uh, I think it was around 14 ducks in total or so and seven or eight geese. And then we got one uh, speckled belly goose, which I was just absolutely pumped up about. Um, I thought I shot it, but Cla- uh, Tim claims that uh, that he got it. But um, I don't know. What's the story behind that one? You tell that one, Tim. Well, uh, we were calling in geese, there was, and there was one up high that we're trying to get in. It was a lone geese, or lone goose. And uh, you guys are all paying attention to that. And I see this speck flying in right along the bottom of the ground. Straight in right at us, a foot and a half off, foot and a half off the ground. And I said, there's a goose. <laughs> and I shot. And then <laughs> our guide said, it's a speck. And then Brody went boom, boom. Yeah, so I jumped up, fired two marks. I realized it's a speckled belly. And this is an incredible specimen. Definitely something we'd want to mount. Um, I ran and got it. And it looked like... You know, there wasn't much damage on it, so uh, one of us got it, either him or either me. Um, we're both standing our ground, so we'll, But it really uh, was a day of that, was it not? Oh, like, without it. Every time I turned around, somebody was saying, I shot my bird. Yeah. <laughs> the old guys can take the birds down, right? Yep. The old guys know what they're doing. The young guys are always trying to get in on the glory, right? The, the problem is if you're half a second away and someone shoots the bird and, and you also pull the trigger as soon as they do as well whoever gets it first it's their bird and i'm just a little bit slower than everyone else is on the trigger so. is that how it goes yeah so i lost a few birds just literally by a millisecond yeah because we had quite i lost a few, the rights to them we had quite a few birds where i i seen the bird i shot at I, fall yeah. and i'm pumped up and you're like no 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 no, i shot that one and then i hear tim and beside you and he's saying no i shot that one so um, we don't really know what happened, but what we do know is that we left with uh, yeah. 14 birds or so, or 14 ducks and, uh, you know, right around seven geese and uh, and that one uh, that one speckled belly. That was just a, a beautiful bird. And all, most of them were in good condition, too, I think. I, I think the last time we went, I felt like they were a bit more kind of all over the place where these all, no matter how many times they were shot at. They all seem to be in really Yeah, good they condition. were all and we've got we got some really nice mallard drakes mm-hmm. that were just in incredible uh, shape. 
Um, but yeah, you had mentioned last year's hunt. So last year, um, Braden, myself, and my dad, Wayne here, we uh, we did a hunt last year. This, that was our sort of first hunt we ever did together. You know? Yeah, well, since you guys were kids. Yeah, right. since we were kids. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, and yeah, so last year we went right around the twentieth of October, so a few days later than today. Um, but the weather was incredibly nicer. I think the afternoon last year was right around five, six, seven degrees. Mm -hmm. The morning was minus one. And today it was uh, minus 10, right around minus 20 with the wind chill this morning. Um, this afternoon it warmed up a few degrees, but it was still fairly cold. Um, so with the weather this cold, the birds don't seem to move quite as much. Um, and then we had a really strong wind coming from the north. So those birds were catching that wind early on in the morning and they were so high that we really couldn't even uh, get on them early on. But we yeah. did manage to get a few, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but Tim, this has been your first waterfowl hunt in quite a while, you mentioned. Yeah, about so, 22 years. 22 years. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of it? How was it so far? Always been great. and I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed the com camaraderie. Uh, didn't enjoy my gun jamming a few times. <laughs> Hey, hey Tim, the, you didn't lock the trigger lock on your gun and have to have the cameraman pick it and take about an hour to get your gun ready. So you, you're far from where I was last year. I, did you hear that story, Tim? I did not. You did not? Okay, why don't you tell that one, Wayne? So so, so Wayne is being the guy that's following all the rules and making sure that he's got a trigger lock on his weapon, taking it there and doing all the things that need to be done. But he forgets the keys in Slave Lake. <laughs> to his trigger lock so we get there pull the gun out of you know pitch black six o'clock in the morning or yeah. something like that and i have just devastated that i'm not going to be shooting the gun you know and brody's like trying to you know it's okay dad you know i'll share a gun with you <laughs> but you know you know what that's like that's not fun right one guy shoots the other guy shoots you know it's not fun and so we went through the goose part of the hunt and then lo and behold our cameraman you know from something in his past was able to pick a trigger lock yeah. with a pair of scissors. Yeah, he was a great, great videographer, great guy. Um, he he did mention he usually keeps um, a lock picking kit. Yeah. We, we kind of wondered about that one. Yeah, so I didn't ask. I didn't ask him why. Um, he didn't have it with him today, but he asked if we had any certain tools, like a little pair of scissors or a small fine knife or a paper clip or something like that. So we found him the proper tools that he requested and he got the lock undone. So the gun, the gun was, the gun was working well for the duck portion of the hunt that day. And uh, he made a good tip off me that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was I right. think I had a little cash in my pocket that went his way. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, you know, the gun jamming, you know, first time on the guns and uh, I think they worked well, you know, I, you know, ultimately you're going to have those hiccups, but uh, it's pretty great. I, I had a great time anyhow, and, yeah. uh, and the cold seemed to go away once the ducks started coming in. Oh, for sure. And and we noticed that too, when you're hunting for deer or elk or whatever it be, if it's freezing cold out, yeah. minus 25, but you've got a buck coming across the cut line, your heart starts beating, your blood starts pumping, and you warm up real quick. And that's yeah. basically what happens with the ducks. When you see those ducks coming over, you forget that you're cold. Your but as soon as they moving. leave, then you're shivering again. Yeah. yeah. You, you figure out how to somehow slam three shells into your uh, <laughs> shotgun when your fingers are, they won't move at all, but you manage to get them up there in uh, a couple seconds. Yeah, that was an issue, right? Because yeah. we'd fire our it was, rounds. It was tough. And then they're like, hey, there's more ducks coming over. So we're trying to shove the shells into the gun, but you can't feel your fingers because you're freezing, yeah. but you 
managed to get them in. Um, but yeah, you know, a hunt like this, you don't really know what to expect because it's later on in the season. Right. Um, you know, you always hope to limit out on ducks yeah. where if you're a perfect shot, there's a possibility. Um, but you know what? We, uh, it was, I would say a little bit slower than it probably would have been a couple weeks ago. Um, but nonetheless, we still got over 20 ducks to skin out <laughs> and pluck and do whatever we want to do it. So, well, the cameraman, he probably felt a little bit of the cold, I'm sure, sitting over there on a, in a spot behind us and making sure everything was perfect for the view and everything like that. Well, when you guys started chasing down the ducks, I was getting pretty <laughs> jealous. I was thinking like, oh, I could really go for a little jog right about now. And I think that's why Joel was always so eager to go get the long ones. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll go look for that duck. The funny one was watching Braden chase the one across the field. Yeah, it looked like you guys are going to square up and have yeah. a have a swan battle. I don't really know what to expect. Like It's been so long since I like ran into anything like that. And all of a sudden, this thing gets up and starts running away. And I turn to you guys. I'm just looking at you. And they're like, go grab it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, they're... Uh, they're big birds too you know like you get a, a a good sized goose it could weigh what 15 pounds yeah yeah um and even those ducks like if you don't hit them just right i had one hen today that uh she dropped and it pounded the ground pretty good but as soon as i walked up to her she just bolted yeah and i'm running and i'm running as fast as she can basically run yeah and I tried grabbing her. I just had to tackle her. And I saw you right do out. that. Was it really that hard? <laughs> I was like, okay. I see you struggling. I was looking at you, just shaking my head. <laughs> well, I went to reach, and then she keeps yeah. running away. I'm like, hey, this is it. I'm yeah, just she was going her. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so fun first day. You guys enjoyed it? Oh, yeah. We really enjoyed it. Okay. Can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah, right on. So tomorrow, I think it's supposed to be a couple degrees warmer. Um, you know, we're still looking at minus seven, minus eight, minus 15, maybe with the wind chill in the morning. Uh, mind you, he did mention the wind was supposed to be a little less. It's supposed to be like no wind tomorrow. No wind. So it shouldn't be as bad. Um, we're hunting a new field tomorrow and we're going after geese again tomorrow morning. So um, that's always exciting. That's sort of what we do in the morning with these guys. We go after the geese. They're very active in the morning and later on in the evening. And then we'll transition to either ducks or duck and goose in um, in the afternoon. And um, so you eat, you do eat quite a bit of duck, Tim. Oh, my wife loves duck. You guys love duck. Do you have any particular dishes or or any particular way that that you would suggest to other people on how to cook a duck or a goose or or anything special that you do? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it in, <laughs> put it in the oven and roast it. She does it? No, I do it. Oh, okay. Well, fair just, enough. He's not sharing any secrets, folks. So do you do the, do you do the whole duck then? Yep. Yeah. You roast the whole duck, and then what do you put on it? Well, you know, I like I said. family turkey. secret. <laughs> like, like I would do a turkey, I'd put <laughs> butter, um, salt, pepper, garlic. Okay. So it's a basting. Yeah. Basically like a turkey you're going for to get to keep the moisture in it, right? Yep. Yeah. And just cover, make sure that it's covered with a, a lid and mm -hmm. put it in there for two hours and three, 350 degrees and if it's not crispy my wife won't eat it <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good fair enough fair enough um so last time you went duck and goose hunting was you said 25 years ago or something about 20 years ago and where did you go i was living down in washington state okay wow. and around linden washington wow wow and what kind of ducks did you have there? Were there Canada geese or what were you oh, after? It was geese and mainly mallards. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
you know, it's right on that Pacific Coast uh, Flyway. Okay. So yeah. a lot of things. There's there a lot of geese down there that, that were locals, didn't leave all year round. Oh, so okay. they're big and fat. Wow. wow. Yeah, these ones are a little skinnier compared to what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah moving. Interesting. And uh, what about you? You, I know you did used to do some. Well, I was a lot of upland, right? Okay. You know, and uh, you know that was always my my hunt of choice was always to take the shotgun and go out, uh, you know, sharp tail, whatever it yeah. may be. We lived in Southern Saskatchewan, right? That's where yeah. you guys grew up in Saskatchewan. So, uh, you know, the times that we'd get out for uh, a duck hunt, but you know, the last hunt we had, we were, we were looking for pheasant. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. we went out in the sagebrush and, uh, you know, without a dog, it's a little bit more work. And, and, uh, you know, you guys were young kids and, and uh, we happened to see a few deer and, yeah. Next thing I knew, I couldn't get you out of the vehicle because you were terrified of the deer. So, you know, this, this is the two teal boys, you know, tough as nails. Well, they've come a long way. Haven't <laughs> they? But, uh, yeah, I still remember turning back to the car and seeing Braden standing by the door. The the vehicle's door is open and, and Braden's peeing out of the car because he wouldn't get out to go to the I bathroom. still do. Yeah, I was going to say, not much has changed there, eh? <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a lot of years, and uh, you know, getting back into the saddle and, and slowing life down to yeah. have the opportunity to do this stuff—that's that's what it's all about, right? You know, having an opportunity to Brody to get the connections. You know, I get to meet Tim, I get to meet Joel, you know, Eric over there. You know, it it it's it's a good time. Yeah, without a doubt, and that's what's so special about hunting. It doesn't really matter how busy your life is. The thing with hunting. If you're going to go hunting, you got to be all in. And most of the time yeah. you don't have cell phone service here. We do. So we still, our cell phones still, you know, dinging or vibrating or whatever. But usually if you're hunting, you're 100% into that task. So yeah. it sort of allows you to remove yourself from any other worries you have, and just sort of escape all the nonsense and distractions, you know, distractions in yeah. reality for a little bit. And then when you can do it, with you know with friends and other people and family and and people you don't usually see um and then accomplish these you know tough tasks together and uh, come out on top with some ducks geese elk deer whatever it is um there's nothing like it in my books absolutely nothing like it um you know you could you could work on a car and, and build a car but it's just it's not the same as being outside freezing your butt off mm you know, walking five miles or sitting in a blind in 20 kilometer wind and you're absolutely freezing, actually looking at your clock, waiting for it to end. But then by the time you get to the truck, you're already looking forward to getting back out there with yeah, everyone. When you're right? the old guy calling coffee time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Wayne wanted to shut her down about an hour early this morning, but we said no way. <laughs> no one said anything. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone want to walk to the trucks and get them started? <laughs> yeah. We all wanted to, but we couldn't say it. Nobody wanted to be. Well, then we all looked at Brody. Brody was the guy. Eh? Like he was the one keeping us there. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, still a few, yeah, another half hour, 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and so this morning we, um, so last year we had Joel with us the whole time this morning. Um, Joel had, yes, actually, let me re restart this story. Last night, Joel sent me some videos of fields just filled with snow geese. While he was there, some hunters pulled up, told him they hunted that field in the morning. They're coming back the next day, which is today. So we couldn't hunt that field. So he put us in one of his, his personal sort of go-to fields where he knows there's usually always geese. He dropped us off there, said, okay, guys, I'm heading out. I'm going to go scout some fields for you to hunt tomorrow. So we were by ourselves and not one of us have ever used, um, 
a goose right. call yeah, before. Yeah. Um, I just bought one the other day, played around with it a little bit, um, but we really did know what we were doing. Luckily, Joel put us in a good field and we did have some geese come through and we did manage to leave with a few. Yeah. Um, but we really didn't know what we we're doing. No. You know, and, and so we lost out on a few birds just because, um, you know, we weren't quite ready. We called the shot too soon. Maybe we should have let a few birds land, shoot the four or five other ones behind it. We just, our inexperience um, lost us a few birds. But that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's how you learn. Now we know going into it next time. Um, but this afternoon, Joel was with us and that helped helped out big time. You know, we had him call and had him call in the shots and um and it worked out really well um so you eric back to the whole eating duck and goose meat do you uh have you done much of it in the past i've never even this is my first uh waterfowl hunt at all so i've never really experienced uh you know i've had the odd goose jerky i've probably eaten duck before but um, we've never hunted for them or anything, so I have no experience at all with cooking them or eating them. I don't even know if I like them, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to go home with a few and, and be able to try them out. But, uh, yeah, you guys better bring up the shooting percentage a little bit. <laughs> Watching from the sidelines. That first flight coming in on us, it was a little embarrassing. I have to say, you know, we were all the adrenaline hit us, uh, you know, I don't know, cold fingers, right? Oh, cold yeah. fingers. You guys you know. all put a round of blanks in. Yeah, yeah. There was three shots went off from every one of us and nothing came down. Every time we do one of these, there we always look back and there's just there's always a cameraman there just like shaking their head every time. <laughs> it's always a cameraman just looking and saying, All right, well you come up here. You know, the one part though, that like no bird even came close to him. We must have to, the, yeah. so when we're dropping the birds, yeah, remember? Oh yeah, yeah. The birds I gotta hit the cameraman, you know. Yeah, last last year, uh the second bird of our duck hunt, um, I shot one in the air and it landed nearly right inside of our cameraman's lap. Like right there, and it just made for some super cool footage. Um, but now Brayden, yeah. you've cooked quite a bit of uh, duck and goose because we you had a ton from last year's hunt. Yeah. Um, and you've experimented a little bit with it. Yeah. Like for goose, I just did it the same as basically the same as turkey. I did just roast it just in the oven. Um, the recipe you gave sounded a lot better with uh, your duck than what I've been doing with it. I don't know why. I still roast it. I'm sure at like the same temperature as well. But yours just sounded a lot better, especially having crispy skin too. But I'll have to figure it out and try again. But yeah, I just literally, the goose, I just cook it just like a turkey. I'll roast it, serve with like some mashed potatoes and. I think I did it with stuffing as well. And then uh, ducks, I just sort of, I just treated it honestly like a chicken breast and just sort of like yeah. cooked it on its own and did it with like rice or something like that. It's turned out uh, pretty much fine as well. But uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, what we can do uh, with this new stuff. I definitely, definitely want to uh, see what jerky's like with it. Yeah, with the that goes. Yeah. Because especially yeah. when you're getting, when you're able to get so many of them, I think that's something that you can you know, put away half of it at least for, and do some jerky with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And hopefully tomorrow we can get, you know, at least another four or five or mm -hmm. six more. Um, I'm hoping for that just out of me. 
Yeah. Well, we can get uh, 48. <laughs> no, yeah, 32 of them we can get. Well, la- last night you had said... Um, <laughs> I said, what are you going to do with 64 geese? With 64 <laughs> geese. And I'm thinking here, and I'm adding up the numbers, and uh, and yeah. that would be our yeah. uh, our limit. If we limited out on geese day one, day two, we'd have 64 geese. Well, and so that's the whole thing. Like, coming here, I'm thinking like, okay, we're doing two days. There's four of us. Last time... We hit our limit on ducks for sure. We on did. ducks we ducks did. We it, did. Was, it was new with with uh, geese, so we didn't. But we still got quite a few. And like I took the majority of that meat and had it in my fridge and yeah. ate the majority of it. So I said, okay, what am I gonna do with like three times that amount? Yeah. Um, but like I think you know, considering what we did last year, like we went. That was what I would just consider like a perfect day. Everything went right. Right. The weather was right. Uh, we you know, got there, Joel, Joel was new and he was, you know, really guiding us along the way. The weather was perfect. Loads of birds coming in, everything worked out. Right. Now, how often does that happen on say a deer hunt an elk hunt? Right. So the, the, like these waterfowl hunts, this is no different. This is really like today is a typical day. Oh, yeah. for sure. You know what I mean? You have, you have a little bit of struggle. Yeah. And so, and each one of those uh, ducks and geese that we got today, like just means so much more considering what we had to go through to get that yeah. right it's not as though it's like yeah we went there for an hour we got it and we got out of there yeah yeah and so that's, that's just what i was thinking on my way back it's like you know what this is like really what would be a typical well day. that's it the the tough hunts whether you were successful or not um they are always seem to be the most yeah um you know most important that uh, and the ones that stand out the most yeah. uh you just wrapped up an incredible hunt tim up in the yukon do you mind? Do you want to share a bit of that? Oh sure, yeah. I was up there with a uh, North Curl Outfitters and uh, a another show that I I sponsor. Uh, I was up. I went up there because of his suggestion, and he's supposed to go with me. But instead of him going with me to hunt, he went on a sheep hunt, and I went out with another guy named Lauren. And um, I found out how out of shape I was. <laughs> Um, so a lot of walking or just like primarily on the horse or what was it? We walked the first two days and then we took horse horses up the mountain and we get close to the top of the mountain. We get out and I start hiking through soft, soft mud and (laughs) willows and, you know, stumbling over rocks (laughs) and I got, I got a pack on my back and I went about a thousand yards that I can't go any further. It was just, it was, it was tough going uphill and everything. Yeah. So uh, we saw lots of moose up there. We actually found a spot where two moose had died uh, with their horns tangled together wow, and they couldn't wow. get loose. That's yeah. incredible. Um, got some great pictures of that. Uh, walked back, uh, saw a moose. We started going towards it. I tried to call it in, but we didn't see he was with cows. So he wasn't coming back over to our cow calls. Uh, so then we hiked back over to where the horses are at. We called in a young bull, um, he, but Lauren said, no, we're not going to shoot it. It's too young, too small. And um, I, for somehow, at that moment also, I lost my phone. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought I saw a new phone case in your truck, like a new box for a phone. I was wondering what the yeah. story was. Um, so then we, we went back down the mountain, and when you're going down at like, I don't know, 75 degrees on the horseback, you get kind of freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not used to riding horses. Um, and the next day, 
Uh, Lauren says, okay, we're not going back up on horseback with you. You're not going back top of the mountain. <laughs> You're out of shape. And I said, fine. So we actually started hunting from a little 12-foot uh, aluminum. Uh, I went down to the far end of the lake. Um, we made a couple of moose calls. And all of a sudden, we heard a, a grunt, like, right after we got out of the boat. Wow. Um, he said, okay, well, the moose over there, let's go over here and get set up. Well, we're either trying to get set up. I'm trying to take my coat off to get comfortable to shoot this moose. He says, don't move. It's right there. And so my coat's halfway off. <laughs> and so I'm like hunched. And, he, and then I, the moose moves. So I try to put it back on. Okay, it's back on. Then the, the moose moves again. So I try to take it back off. He says, don't move. It's right there. <laughs> so I end up putting the coat back on. And I sit there waiting for him to come out. He comes out. It's a perfect broadside shot. shot. Uh, shoot him right behind the shoulder. Um, he runs about 20 yards around the tree that he's just on. And I'm glad he did because if he didn't, he would have been in the uh, the, the soft uh, yeah. bog um, at, the, at the lake at edge. At the lake, yes. But since he ran up the hill about three feet, no bog. Great. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, after we dressed him out, uh, there's a long story about trying to hit him back. I won't, I won't go into that. <laughs> um, and then uh, we we waited a couple of days and we went back to where the moose kill was at. And we were looking for uh, grizzly. That's okay. the whole reason I went up there. Yep. And uh, well, that, that day, a wolf came in at the end of the day. And we both shot at it, both missed it. Uh, and so we went back the following day. And the following day, the grizzly came in. He wow. came in first. And it was an old, old uh, boar, but we didn't know that when it first came in because we're in a zone that you can only shoot boars in. Oh, okay. So we had to make sure it was a boar. Yes. Well, anyways, as a as a as a bear is the grizzly's taken as uh, the the kill site, uh, the wolf walks back in. This was that this the same wolf that you shot at? Yeah. Oh, same wow. wolf. Oh, Unreal. Um, it walks in, tries to steal some. Uh, meat from or some of the bones from the grizzly but the grizzly wasn't having it no um and then so i went to i said to the guy well if it's if it's a sow we can't shoot it can i at least shoot the, the wolf and he goes yes you can shoot the wolf so about 10 seconds later the wolf was down yeah. wow the grizzly didn't move he just stood there on the kill um about five minutes later lauren said okay no that's a boar we can shoot it so we waited for another 10 minutes for him to get a good position. Yes. And then we shot him both right on the shoreline. Wow. That's incredible. So yeah, it, it was, it was a once in a lifetime experience. And the guy says, you never get a wolf and a grizzly at the exact same time, same no. place. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's unreal. So because you were right on the shoreline, you could just load that up in your little, uh, that little aluminum. Yeah. Get it across then. Get it back. I hike it too, but far in the back. Wow. That's awesome. Right on. That's incredible. Um, you spent some time up in the Yukon, Eric. Yep, actually with the uh, same outfitter, different area. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we saw lots of grizzlies, lots of moose up there. Mostly sheep. But, uh, lots of wolves. <clears throat> I did see, uh, we did see a few wolves actually in that area that year I was up there. Are wolves an issue there like they are around here? Or are they managed so well there that they aren't? Um, well, they're an issue... As far as like the hunting goes, but they're not an issue 
as much i don't think with uh like livestock and stuff just because there isn't that much up there yeah so i think here they're a bigger problem because they have a lot more sanctuary to sort of um you know wreak havoc and not get trapped or killed or hunted whatever up there it's still it's pretty natural like what happens is just what's happened for thousands of years so yeah and so how do they how do they sort of classify wolves up there like here anyone in alberta who's an alberta resident if you have a a win card i think it is you can shoot as many wolves as you want here an outfitter gets uh, almost unlimited amount of wolf things. yeah it's not but almost yeah is it sort of the same up in the yukon um i don't know i i believe like i'm just curious i, I could be wrong but i, I could be this. wrong but i believe they just fall under a predator license when i got my license this year for for the grizzly or for, for front there i automatically got seven wolves and one wolverine there you go there you go so it's still a problem right yeah 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 i think most of the licenses in the yukon are dependent on the quotas of the specific zone especially through outfitters Mm. i see interesting so that would make sense why it's like seven and one it could be you know it could be that blanket all the way across the yukon yeah but uh, I, I would imagine that it's probably like, you know, five and one in other zones or, you know. But yeah, so whatever. if they're giving out Excellent. seven tags, well, they obviously want people to harvest as many wolves yeah, as they pretty much can. Yeah. You know, because you think a pack of wolves is going to be anywhere from six to ten, usually. So if you can shoot seven, you're pretty much taking out a whole pack. I think part of it, too, is, is they, uh, they, do a lot, they kill a lot of caribou yes and okay. the caribou the caribou have been dwindling and so in order to bring the caribou population back up you take away their main predator and that's a major issue here in alberta because they're trying to build a sustainable caribou population and they can't because there's so many wolves and then you know the other issue is all of the the access to oil lease roads the forestry roads and everything else that gives those caribou a clear path just to cover ground on because that's what they do they're going to take the path of least resistance but it's that much easier than for a pack of wolves to take them down so uh yeah interesting unreal um do you see any other critters any wolverines or anything else like that up there one of the guys i was uh in the same camp i was in saw a wolverine but he didn't get a chance to get a shot at it he okay was sheep and wow but no, we saw we saw sheep, goats, um, saw caribou th- from the air. Um, saw a ton. You couldn't help but see a moose every half hour, forty five minutes. Wow. Yeah, and you got a dandy. I th- what was it fifty three inches or something? About fifty three and a half. Yeah, right on. And but the bear, the bear is is sort of the the super special and unique one, um, just with how old it was. Oh yeah, his he he uh, his teeth were gone. They were all rotted out and ground down, and um, yeah, but he was he was he wouldn't have made the winter. He had no fat in his body; he couldn't really eat anything. So we did him a favor by taking him out and harvesting him before uh, he had to starve to death. Yeah, this bear was. Uh, did they age it, or do you have an estimated age on what they figured? Over twenty. Over twenty years old. So, so yeah, like an old bear will be 15, 20 years old, and that's just you know that's just the lifespan of a bear but for them to actually get that old is is tough um but this bear had no teeth at all 
And it also, it's hip bones were like you could it's hip bones were sticking right out he had no fat almost no meat um yeah it's unreal i've never seen anything like that yeah no fat at all he wouldn't have made the winner no he was doing everything he could to survive yeah wow and so that makes sense why at first glance you don't really know if that's a boar because he's looking you know a little scraggly as it is and doesn't have that real big buff look as like uh, a boar in its prime basically right this guy was well past that he's well past it and well battle scarred yeah oh really yeah he's got some unique scars and whatnot oh, yeah. he had a scar across his eye he was blind in one eye from a fight and wow. his ear was torn off from a fight and unreal scar tissue and unreal so um how well can you uh tell the sex of bears males and females sows and boars um well with, do, you, do you feel like you're pretty good at it with black bears i think you, i can be pretty confident if you if you can watch them for you know several minutes okay it's, so where i'm getting at here is it's tough though just because i mean from a bear bait it's a different story than from spot to spot yeah it's tough mm. yeah um do you know of any places that have like sex specific black bear licenses because it's tough. It's very tough. But we have recently encountered at the shop a transgender black bear. <laughs> You're going there. It's 2020. Tell that story, <laughs> Eric. I knew that right away, Eric. I, I didn't. I, I, I was, was missing that. So, yeah, so we, uh, yes, it was about a month ago. There was a, a silver sort of colored. I don't even know what would you call it. Would you call it like a blue phase bear? I wouldn't call it a blue because it doesn't have the blue, but um, like I guess you could because we call like wolves that are sort of silver and grayish and blackish blue because they shine sort of blue and light. Um, but this bear, it almost looked like a grizzly bear because it's all of its hairs were tipped with like a silvery color, mm -hmm. which sort of gives it that blue effect, I guess. Um, but it was just a giant bear. Yeah, so it was a giant like a, a really good sized bear um i think it was like the all the paws are silver and blonde and then it sort of darkens as it goes up the back and then it's yeah. silver on the back as well and uh so the bear went viral all over facebook and stuff and we ended up being lucky enough to get it into the shop and uh, i skinned it out and as i was working on it i i heard i like brody told me it was a sow or whatever and I didn't really think anything of it, but then I was, I started fleshing it and, and cleaning it up and, you know, I skinned the tail out and then I, I, I don't know, I think I stopped and had to do something else around the shop and I came back to it and I'm like, I swear I skinned the tail out already. And, uh, sure enough, I'm like, is this thing a, a sow? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, well, it has a penis bone inside of it. Like not, not outside, but inside of the between the layers of skin there's a penis bone and uh so you know we looked at, i looked it up did a quick google search and it turns out that uh the university of alberta i believe sometime in the late 60s or early 70s did a study where they captured something like 36 black bears and about six of them turned out to hold both sexual organs of of both genders so they were sows they still had ovaries 
but they also still had a penis bone that typically like uh, i think majority of them were smaller than average which this one like the penis bone on this transgender bear is like this like a toothpick and then the one that we pulled out of your bear is like a pencil yeah right that's a good resemblance yeah so and, and obviously that you know the transgender bear for lack of better words was a lot older than the bear that you got this spring right um but back to the study i guess about half of the half of the transgender bears um showed evidence of having cubs or either or either that or had cubs with them already uh, at the time of the capture and the other half showed signs of never having cubs so no developed uh, mammary glands or whatever they're called you know yeah. no no boobs to show that they've produced milk in their past uh, in the past couple of years and this this one that we got in the shop was the same so i was pretty confident it never had any cubs over its course of its life mm -hmm. and uh yeah just, just interesting you just never know never know what's gonna come into the shop and that was that was a big bear especially for a sow you just don't see him get that big um, I can't remember how was the teeth on that one. Like, was it? Did it have evidence of being an old bear, or were they in pretty good shape? No, they were definitely worn down, filed right down. Um, I think it's missing two canines. Oh wow! Like not missing, but broken right broken, off at the yeah. base, and then the other two rubbed um, against each other so much that they were, you know, almost like a fingernail. Yeah. Rather than a tooth. Wow! Unreal. And. And yeah, this was just pure fluke, this guy. Like he was elk hunting, they didn't see any elk, and they said, well, let's go look around for bears. And then he had a chance at the bear, right? He had a chance at the bear with a bow. And he was at 70 yards, he's like, hey, I wanna to get to 30. He got to 30, then the bear ran away, and the guide's like, hey, 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 stop. Put that bow away, we gotta put this bear down now. This is an incredible specimen. And so um, they shot it with a rifle and, and he got this incredible uh, bear and we're going to do a really nice life-size mount with it. It's going to look absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, just uh, something super cool. I felt it'd be cool to share because uh, that was sort of the talk of the shop for <laughs> a few days. Well, we didn't really know what to believe. And then, you know, after a quick Google search, it wasn't really that hard to find that study and yeah. it popped up. And it, you're uh, you're on a list now because of that Google search. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> transgender black yeah. bear. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I know it's it's unreal. And you got your first bear this spring, Braden. Yeah, that was uh, quite the experience. Yeah, that was really good. That yeah. was you did you got the full meal deal there. We did, you know what I mean? And you got every uh, up and Eric, every down. Eric and I were talking about for one yeah. one day of hunting, yeah. you got the most out of your day of hunting. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. We went in there and we had it we waited out for, you know, a good amount of time. And I should mention it was middle of May and it was zero degrees minus and one. raining. <laughs> right. Minus one and yeah. raining. But you know what? And Bella always talks about that, how like she went on this hunt and how it was cold and like I told her, I said, I didn't really think it was that cold until I looked over to you. I was and, and I was freezing. Yeah, when your hands are shaking, I was like, oh, okay, maybe it, it is kind of cold right now. It's zero degrees. Uh, but yeah, it was a little wild. Like, you know, I thought I had a good shot. It turns out I, I, I think I did. And um, at first it just run off. And I'm just like, you know, how long do we spend looking for it? An hour at least. Yeah, so it took, we, took me an hour to get there. Yeah. So you shot the bear. Yeah. 
Um, I texted Eric, texted Charlie, and then we sat there for like a half hour and mm -hmm. waited for them. And we sort of just looked at the immediate area to see if we could see any blood and we didn't see any blood. No. But we knew it was a good shot. Yeah. You used a rifle. We watched the video. It looked good right in the center of the bear. Um, but then we went and had a little peek and we just, we didn't go too far, but we didn't, uh, didn't see any blood and we were actually looking in the wrong area. Yeah. We really were like, we were not really following a trail, but we, you know, we all sort of went our own way, but no one was really coming to anything that was like conclusive of like, yeah, here, there's a dead bear here and we'll be able to find it. Like there was, it was looking, uh, like it was going to be, you know, tough. Well, yeah, and we were hunting from the ground. So yeah. when you shoot something from the ground and it goes and runs into the bush, um, it's a lot different than, say, when me and you, Tim, mm -hmm. got your bear from the tree stand and we watched where that bear ran to. Yep. So we just climbed down and we we're like, like, I remember watching the video, you're with John and you just told him the bear went right over here. And sure enough, we walked there and there's the bear. Um, but what happened here is we just seen that bear bolt into the bush. Mm -hmm. We're at eye level with that bear. And uh, then it starts to rain and then it gets pitch black. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric shows up and um, next thing I know, him and Brayden are like right on their knees on the ground, yeah. looking at every droplet of blood. And um, you know, it wasn't about a half hour after that, that we, we came yeah. up on the bear. We ended up like, yeah, we literally took it like inch by inch all the way until we tracked this thing until, until we, we got to where it was. We literally had to wait and like look, literally inch by inch of where it led to yeah like we, we didn't look a foot ahead or like you know further up no we literally took it every single step of the way and i should mention how far do you think that bear went there from the bait site 35 yards yeah. 35 <laughs> yards that's it that's all yeah. and we looked for hours yeah. five of us five of us yeah i was i was 200 yards away deep yeah. in the bush well so when i got there you guys were already walking around and stuff so i just sort of you were all like in line in a group and Charlie, <laughs> Charlie was kind of like maybe 10 yards off of yeah. you guys. And, but you guys were all sort of walking the same direction. So I was like, well, I'll just jump in on the centipede line and just see, <laughs> see what's going on. Like, for what are we while. looking at? And then, uh, you know, I was probably following you guys for 10 minutes and Brody turns around and he's like, oh, you're here. And then, uh, <laughs> like, like, so, <laughs> so what's going on? Cause I didn't know if you were on blood or like what? No, we were just, <laughs> and then I just told Braden, I was like, well, it was their blood. Yeah. Cause I saw the video and yeah. like, I told Brody, that's a dead bear. That's the one thing that was nice. And that was like some reassurance is that we have that video and like, you know, being able like to hear that. You like, you yeah. smacked him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think maybe Braden was falling back to that time in his childhood when he was hiding in the vehicle and didn't want to come upon yeah. a, a live bear in the bush maybe i don't know it could have been a bit of that <laughs> but yeah it was nice because it's like okay yeah all right because you know especially with like me being the first like big game animal that i shoot like seeing it do that but then hearing it, it's like no that's that's like quote unquote that's a dead bear it's like okay well now let's find it yeah. yeah and you know when it comes to rain and getting dark mm. you just have to you have to go inch by inch and bears are notorious for not bleeding yeah and you know you see it all the time i see it on facebook all the time where guys are like yeah i took a shot at a bear and we looked for an hour and we didn't find anything yeah. like well you know i've looked for four hours and then found a bear yeah and you just that's just how bears are you know their mm -hmm. their fur is a sponge and they have a slow heartbeat and they've got three inches of fat yeah. and there's a lot of factors that come into play for them not to bleed for you you know, they got soft feet, so it's just like a human walking through the bush in bare feet. They're not really going to leave any tracks for you. 
So you got to use what you can. And yeah. if you got to go inch by inch with a flashlight, that's just the way you got to do it. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. And so your grizzly bear, um, did that pretty much drop right in his spot or did he, was there a bit of a recovery with that one or how did that go down? No, he went all 10 yards and yeah, dropped. Yeah. Piled up right there. Yeah. Well, what, what we, were you using for a rifle? I was using a custom made uh, 300 wind mag nice. um, made by Coraline Sporting Goods. Yeah. And uh, with a Huskama uh, scope on it. Right on. Awesome. Oh, that's a uh, long shot, or were you fairly close? 200 or? yards. 200 yards, yeah. That's, wow. a, that's a distance. That's a good shot. Yeah. yeah. But Eric says I'm about bare feet, reminding me uh, that my, my wife is half animal. Oh, your wife's half animal. Yeah. Okay. She has a deer face and bare feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> deer face and bare feet. <laughs> We can all use that one. Yeah, yeah classic. That's a good yeah. one. That's one of those dad jokes, right? It is. <laughs> Nobody laughs at my jokes anymore. That's awesome. And so you you just had your trip in the Yukon. You've got a, a velvet bull moose on opening week of archery season this year. Yeah. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah. That was the first archery kill? That was the first archery kill, yes. Yeah. And in velvet? Or second archery kill. Second, okay. In velvet too? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. incredible. Right. How did that go down? Um, I was working with the uh, Wild Alberta, uh, Wild Alberta High Country Outfitters. Yeah. And uh, this year, uh, Alberta guides were allowed or outfitters allowed to take out Alberta Albertans because of the COVID. That's right. Yeah. And so um, he's a good friend of mine. So um, he said, "Well, come on out. I know you wanted uh, moose and velvet." And so him, him and I went out. He says, "I'm setting you up here over this natural mineral lake." put me in a tree stand and um he says just sit here you'll get a moose yeah day one two young bulls walk in no way yep wow. i didn't have a chance I, well, I i started moving around to pull my bow back yeah and scared him off oh, okay back the next day just saw a bunch of whitetail yeah i, sh I could have taken one in velvet but i didn't want to spoil the the area with blood wow and then the next day my bull walked in behind a cow uh, I heard the cow coming in, going, yeah. and I'm thinking, and then I hear another behind her, right? And I'm thinking, oh, it's a cow and a calf. But no, it was a, a bull coming. Wow. And I hit him a little far back when I hit my arrow, but I, I hit the artery. Mm -hmm. um, he went 20 yards and just laid down. Okay. So that was nice because yeah. I, I did hit him fairly far back. Yeah. No, that happens. And I, so I got a velvet moose last year on opening day and, um, and similar thing. I was in the tree stand. I was actually sitting for whitetails. Um, and he just, a cow came in and he came in grunting and this is, you know, similar to what that cow was doing. And this was August like 26, um, came right where I needed him to be. I released an arrow. And so I actually seen him bed down. He only went 15 feet and then he bedded down. And then so me, because my heart's just pumping and my adrenaline is going through the roof, I decide to only wait about three or four minutes, climb down from the stand and put another arrow in him. Well, as soon as I climb down from the stand, he sees me and he's gone. So I'm like, well, lovely. Now I've got a moose that just barreled away. So what I did, I watched the video. It looked like a decent shot. Like it looked like I got his, his lungs for sure. Um, so I actually went home, got my quad, got all my gear together, gave him about four or five hours and 
there was no blood. He bled internally because the arrow mm -hmm. broke inside. And, um, and then I found him piled up, you know, 50, 60 yards where he, he bedded down. He just give them those four or five hours to basically pass because they are big animals. Um, and they're like elk. Like I always tell guys with elk, if, if you shoot an elk and he's still standing there, if he's not wobbling about to fall, put another one in him because mm. those big animals, yeah. they'll run to the nastiest stuff. Yeah. And you're going to risk not being able to recover that animal because either you can't find him or you can't get him out quick enough, especially um, on August 25th or 26th yeah, when it's 25 degrees yeah. up. Yeah. Right. So, um, no, I seen you seen the photo. I don't know if you sent it to me or put it on Facebook, but I was pumped up for you to see that you got that velvet bull moose because that's that's an incredible feat to get a, a bull moose in velvet out of the rut um, and with the bow, too. So pretty pretty darn cool um and then this spring you got your uh your color phase black bear yeah that was a that was a good one yeah he was a red bear i was out with a another friend of ours uh dustin bannock yeah and um yeah he just put me in the right spot and we were out there and he saw him and well we put him down you got him because you were hunting with us for for two or three three days and uh, we hunted our butts off but we just you know, it's one of those things where you're either at the right place at the right time, or you just, you aren't at the right place at the right time. It's just, it's going to work out or it's not going to work out. And, um, and that was the weekend while we did the last podcast with you. Yep. And we recapped that whole hunt. So look back at the old podcast with Tim from Old Smokes. So you can hear how that one went down. Um, but we were unsuccessful. Um, but yeah, no, you got it. But Tommy, Tommy was successful. Tommy got a bear and Eric got a double header. Uh, a blonde bear and a dark, dark brown bear. So, uh, you know, nonetheless, we got some bears down and some really nice ones to boot. So, yeah, no, it's good. And now we got to get you on uh, on a yeah, bear hunt yeah, or, yeah. or a wild boar hunt. I was thinking a wild yeah, I think that boar hunt would be uh, that that would be the time, and uh, it'd be a lot of fun, I think. And uh, you know, the location you were talking about would be fantastic, and I think uh, I think that'd be the next hunt and. Uh, definitely something I'd look forward to and uh, you know it's it's one of those things it's a little bit different right Bray you went on Brody's uh, first one with him and yeah. uh, you know you guys had the highs and lows of wondering what the heck was going to happen where it's going to come yeah. from because they're they're an aggressive animal too right yeah so um, you know in Alberta you can hunt wild boar all year round they are basically a nuisance animal um, so you don't need a tag or anything like that, but they are extremely, extremely tough to find and hunt in the wild. Um, so there's different hunting ranches. Some are easier than others. Um, we've hunted some easier ones. We've hunted some extremely hard ones where we've hunted for three or four days and had one opportunity um, and capitalized on that opportunity. So, um, you know, like we said earlier, the most challenging, you know, weekends and hunts and weeks are always the most memorable is what we find so um so yeah what i like to do with the hog hunts is because we can hunt all year round is plan something in march yeah. when it's not freezing cold it's not you know super hot and you got mosquitoes and black flies and everything else like we did in bear camp uh, march is a good time and uh and get on to something then so um yeah but you know until then we've got uh an action-packed day coming up tomorrow should be a lot of fun yeah, I think it's going to be a great day. Right on, right on. Well, should we wrap her up? 52 minutes. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad for a bunch of guys that have been up since 4 a.m. <laughs> and killing birds since 8 a.m. So, 
Right on, right on. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And uh, yeah, have a great week.